Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Raw and the Cooked, your home for cooking inspiration plus raw and honest book reviews. Episodes alternate between my two passions, maintaining a simple and efficiently run kitchen and keeping up with this year's hottest books. I hope after each episode, you take away a new idea for your kitchen or a new book recommendation. I'm your host, Dara Boxer, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everybody, and you are listening to episode 30 of The Raw and the Cooked. Ah, the first week of a fresh new year. Is anyone else as excited as I am to crack open their brand new 2022 planner? Nope, just me. Okay, great. So today we're going to discuss how to read recipes like a professional chef, learning a few inside tips and tricks so you'll be able to read over a recipe with a chef's eye yourself at home. And I really want you to understand why certain techniques are done, what to look for, and most importantly, I want to give you much more confidence in your home cooking adventures. So to start off, I always advise reading over a recipe two or three times before actually getting started. Really get to know a recipe because even a trusted source might not have clear directions or might be missing a certain ingredient or might include steps that you can probably skip, right? So some recipes that I've personally posted to my own food blog, I have looked back and cringed at all of the little mistakes I find, right? It happens to me, to your favorite food blogger, or to even a very credible food source, right? So it just, it happens. Uh, And that is why we are going to get comfortable and familiar with recipes and we are going to read them twice, cook once, right? Isn't that the rule? Like measure twice, cut once anyway. And a second important item to note is regarding cooking times that you see on a recipe. And because every kitchen is different, every pan is different. Everyone's oven runs differently. Everyone buys different ingredients. Everyone, um, cuts of certain way, like everything is so different. There are so many variables that cooking times that you see on recipes are nothing more than friendly estimates. Instead, you have to gauge if something is cooked all the way through, or you're ready to move on to the next step by look, feel, And if you want to properly ensure it, check the temperature with a digital thermometer. And before I even jump into this list, I want to let you in on a not so little secret that might not totally be clear to people who have not been cooking for a long time. Like a few unspoken rules that only professionals or people who've been cooking for a long time would know. So when a recipe calls for butter, always use unsalted butter. Salt should be kosher. Black pepper should be freshly ground, and unless the, uh, the size is specified, always go for large-sized eggs. When a recipe says brown sugar, assume it's calling for light brown. And when a recipe says flour, use all-purpose. Okay, so let's dive in. Number one is measurements. And unless we're baking, which calls for very exact ingredient measurements, cooking is a lot more forgiving. Measurements do not need to be exact. Use your own judgment. Like if a recipe calls for one cup of diced yellow onions, you can probably just dice up an entire medium-sized yellow onion without measuring it, right? Like why even bother dicing it and then measuring it? It's never going to be exact and that's okay. Um, especially things for oil, like like when a recipe calls for, let's say two tablespoons of oil, or even with salt, when they say like half a teaspoon of salt, like please, for the love of God, do not measure out olive oil or your salt. 
again, everyone is using a different size pan. Uh, so maybe two tablespoons doesn't sufficiently coat the bottom of your pan enough before you cook your meat. So you're probably going to need to use more, like don't even bother wasting the oil by pouring it into the spoon and then into the pan, just like drizzle it and go for it. Uh, use your judgment. And as for salting, there are a million different variables that can affect it. Um, but you're going to want to salt to your specific taste, which is impossible to measure. So it means that you're going to give it a nice, healthy pinch or two of salt, taste it and see if you need to add more. And just again, I'm reiterating this, please do not measure out your salt or your oil. It is so silly that recipes even list it with amounts. So again, if a recipe calls for a specific measurement of salt or oil, just feel free to ignore it. And like with anything else, you don't need to have something exact. If a recipe calls for, let's say three quarters of a cup of, I don't know, like zucchini, but then you have like a little bit left over, like just dice that up and add it in. Like it doesn't need to be exact. It's fine. Just go for it. Okay. Number two, we're going back to salt for just a moment, but it definitely deserves its own point. Always salt as you go. Anytime you add in another ingredient into your pot or pan, you're going to pay the salt tax and season it lightly with salt. And what salt did I mean? If for those who were paying attention, kosher salt. Okay. So most recipes do not tell you this, but you really should salt as you go. Uh, you just have to do it. Like you just have to, um, and point to be is going to be taste as you go. Uh, you must taste your food often, especially if you add a lot of different ingredients. Tasting as you go is going to ensure that you have a fabulous end result and always adjust as you need, uh, as you're going, like just not at the very end, because that is not going to yield us very good results. So again, as we're cooking, we're going to constantly be tasting. We're constantly going to be adjusting if it needs it. Okay. Number three, it's important to scan the ingredients and see what substitutions can be made. So maybe you're out of white cooking wine, or you don't want to use, uh, I don't know, parsley, right? Like this is just, uh, absolutely crucial to figure out before you get started. Step four for my little, uh, tips and tricks is uh, also figuring out what tools and equipment you're going to need. So if anything goes into the oven, that probably means you're going to need oven mitts at some point, right? So really reading the full recipe and busting out the appropriate equipment beforehand uh, is important because you don't want to scramble for tongs or a wooden spoon while like there are things in a hot pan that could burn. Okay. And number five, this ties back with number four. It is very important to set up your mise en place, meaning everything is in its place as far as ingredients go. So most recipes have the instructions for set ingredients next to them. For example, a recipe might read one yellow onion diced or chicken stock, two cups, right? So we know what to grab and how much or how to prepare it, how to cut it, how to dice it, like what we're doing with it. Um, so we want to get started and follow as the recipe is listed and we want to put everything in like little cute prep bowls. Um, it's not just for those beautiful Instagram photos, um, that is on purpose. So when we're ready to add something else to our pot or pan, like it's right there already poured, measured, cut, whatever, like you want to have all of your prep work done before any cooking gets started. Um, so yeah, you just, again, I'm reiterating this. Once you begin cooking, you absolutely want everything you need right there. So it's ready to go. Okay. So number six, most of the time a recipe will list the ingredients in order of when you're going to use them. So if you're ever lost, you can always scan back up to the ingredient list and see what the last thing you needed to add to the pan was. Um, I'm kind of a loser. So when I 
place my little my little prep bowls next to the stove. I put them in order of like how they need to go in the pot or the pan just because I'm like partly OCD, partly crazy and it's just fun. So I I just put them in order so I don't have to like figure it out. And I've been cooking for a long time and I still do that because I, I don't have a good reason. Okay. Number seven, I always suggest marking up a recipe with your own notes, additions, substitutions, and maybe even a correction. Um, I suggest printing off recipes you enjoy, marking them up with your own notes as you go, right? Like figure out what works for you and you can start storing them in a recipe binder, which is so fun. I have a bunch of recipes that I've collected over the years. Um, sometimes I retype them up um, with my own notes or like in a way that makes sense to me. Um, I always put them in like a sheet protector with holes. That way I can like pull it out of my binder. I can set it on the counter and be uh, rest assured that if anything spills on it, it is protected with a sheet protector. Um, recipes, they're just a suggestion. So feel free to add more or less or substitute or whatever you think works. It's always best to follow a recipe as close as you can the first time around, but then perhaps your second attempt, you play around with it a bit, right? Like I think once you begin to trust yourself with your flavor pairings or have a sense of what you can or cannot do, cooking will become so much more enjoyable for you and not just like a way to get a meal on the table for your family, right? Like enjoy it. Cooking is so fun. Okay. And to wrap up this list, I just want to reiterate that this list that I just read to you is strictly for cooking. If you are baking, it's always best to stick to the recipe as written. Baking is a science as well as an art, but there is much less flexibility with times, temperatures, and adjustments. So just wanted to put that like in big, bold asterisks. Okay. And before we sign off, I wanted to share the cutest toddler library book we picked up this week. It is called Soup Day by Melissa IY. And I'm just going to read the description from Google Books. On a cold, snowy day, a young girl and her mother buy ingredients for vegetable soup. At home, they work together to prepare the meal. While soup is cooking, they spend the time playing games and reading. Before long, daddy's home and the family sits down to enjoy a homemade dinner. Okay, it's really cute. We've probably read it like 55 times in the 48 hours that we've owned it or borrowed it, whatever. So yeah, it's just really cute. And I definitely suggest uh, picking up a copy if your local library has it. Okay. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of the raw and the cooked, and I will see you back here next Thursday.